Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to ID10T number 1012. Um, I am going to be performing at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, August 8, 9, 10. If you uh, just go to Goodnight's Raleigh website, which is Googleable. Because I'm an idiot and I didn't get the website before I started. But you know what? It's fine. Because the internet is a very powerful uh, device, engine, uh, thing, entity, <laughs> AI. Um, or you can just go to ID10T.com slash tour. That'll also get you dates too. And uh, yeah, come on out. It's, uh, the show's been really fun. Really fun. I've been meeting a lot of nice people at the show. So I hope to see you out there. And I don't think, I don't think I've ever performed it. Have I performed in Raleigh? I'm not hundred percent sure, but I've never been to this comedy club. So I'm greatly, greatly looking forward to it. All right. The South in the summer. Should I bring a warm jacket? Real heavy jacket? A lot of corduroy? Sure. Um, Let's talk about the ID10T community corkboard events at ID10T.com. Like Melissa, who writes, I write short stories, or rather descriptions of historical events told by sarcastic observers, uh, by a sarcastic observer called History According to Snark. I've started pulling up some stories with music and images. The goal, and some of the stories uh, reflect this, is to turn the whole collection into a graphic novel of sorts. In the meantime, I just want to inform and make people laugh. Visit historyaccordingtosnark.wordpress.com. Also, Josh writes, I created a short documentary about my mom, Karen Nutter, and her journey to recovery uh, and healing through AA and following her passions. Well, that, Josh, that is an amazing, amazing thing to do. Uh, she has many parallels to you, Chris. She grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Nice. She realized becoming sober was best for her, and she had to rein in her hardworking nature and focus on things she's truly meant to do. She now mentors others towards healing as a friend and as a professional coach through her business, Coaching by Karen. We hope the film will help people see that addiction doesn't need to define you, and we hope the film will inspire others to follow their passions and continue to learn and grow, whether that be for 10 minutes a day or all day, every day. See the film by searching The Passion Project by Birdman Filmworks. Oh, very, 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 very wonderful. Um, this episode is one of the sweetest human beings in the world, Yvette Nicole Brown, who is a dear friend of mine and uh, someone that I really enjoy talking to because Yvette and I sort of have different perspectives on kind of life and the universe and spirituality. And I love exchanging ideas with her because it she's she's just such a beautiful soul and such a wonderful person. And 
it's just really fun to to talk to her. And she's funny, and she's talented, and all those great things. So uh, follow Yvette online at uh, wherever she, all of her social media platforms, and give her some love because she deserves it. Because she is committed to spreading positivity and love in the universe, and uh, and she definitely deserves. Uh, deserves that back as well. So thanks to YNB for doing this episode of the ID10T podcast number 1012, which now begins. Initiating ID10T protocol. Yvette and I have just finished. We're not chewing on Mike because we have just finished eating. Delicious. I've just just introduced her to her first green tea Kit Kat. Yes. And I also gave her some strawberry ones for the ride. To take home because it's a lot of traffic today. Have we started? You always start a podcast before you tell me we started. Did we start? Stop looking for my tricks. (laughs) Bruno, first time I did your podcast, I like talked for like. A good three minutes about stuff I never would have said on mic. And you were like, "Welcome to in the music store." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> All right, you didn't you know, get me. You this want time. people to be comfortable. You mm-hmm. want people to sort of like not feel like you're on. You didn't get me this time. You know that feeling. Yeah, you already. You know me too well. I'm on to you. Mm-hmm. You know me too well. We're not. Yep. Gonna, I mean, you don't. You don't have a notebook today. To I don't. About, There's no need to talk about because I'm talking about me today. <laughs> I know me. Okay. I should have my notebook you about you. <laughs> you should. I should. I should be that uh, well well rehearsed. You know who told me that I definitely had to come do the podcast? Hmm. Not that I needed someone to tell me I should do it, but Ron. Funches? Oh, my God. He's the best. I, he's the best. I you did, did his, too. I did his. Yeah. And we were talking about podcasts and good conversations. He's like, oh, you got to go do Chris's. Like, so, yeah. You know, I loved that conversation with him because Ron is one of those guys. I mean, like. You know, I'm, he's one of my favorite comics. Mm-hmm. I'm just such a fan of him. And you're, you're delighted. I just watched you guys on, on Talking Dead. He's so funny. You are so delighted, I'm delighted by, him. by him. Yeah, you really are. And and so as long as I've known him, I don't know if we've ever actually sat down and had a full conversation. in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it because he's so sweet. He is. And insightful. He really is. And and I love serious Ron Funches. Oh, and you never know when that one's popping up. You no. You know when he's coming, but it's always, he's one of those people where when he has something really deep to say, it mm-hmm. will blow your mind when you hear it and it'll come out of nowhere. Yeah, and especially because, like I said when he did the podcast, like, you know, he did something that you know, that is most comics mm-hmm. would never have to do, which is be a single dad mm-hmm. with a son with special needs. Yep. And but if you ever saw Ron out in public, you would never feel like he was weighted down by he, his, he had yeah. he had you know he had a very adult life at right. a very young age. Right. And so he still managed to maintain his youthfulness and, and his, his his joy. His joy and his mm-hmm. exuberance and it's really inspiring. Yeah. And you're you're one of those people too that oh. is is very inspiring Thanks, that brother. where you just where you, where it's like I know you're out there fighting the fight. I, as long <laughs> as I've known you you're like I know the world can be a toxic place, but damn it, if I can just if I can just if I can just grab Ugh. the curtain of the dark the dark curtain of the world and just 
get yeah. even a beam of sunshine 100%, 100%. through. It's going to happen. It's it's literally has become in the last few years more of a fight, and especially on Twitter, it's just ridiculous. But I'm trying every day to be a decent person. That is my only goal. I want to I want to finish this life. There's this thing in in uh, Christian circles where we say, "Get your well done." Mm-hmm. You want to get up to heaven and have God go well done. I am trying to get my well done. It is not always easy. It's not um, something that. Uh, you can bottle up and just take into the world. You have to fight for it every day, and every day I'm fighting to be decent. I really am. Well, you you do, and 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 you are, and I know that it means a lot to people. I mean, I like I'm not I'm not as much on social media mm-hmm. a- anymore because it's just like the the fever pitch of it's toxic of rage across every yep. sector is just so much, and I yeah. it's so easy to get sucked into, yeah. and especially if you're a hypersensitive person, yeah. and you want people to be happy, and you're kind of mm-hmm. caretakery. It's very difficult to not personalize. And it's like, you know, I think I have more responsibility yeah. to make sure my wife is happy. <laughs> right. Than, and, and then to get, you know, to get in an argument about politics that I don't really care about. Know. You know, it's yeah. just it's just activating the like those kind of primitive parts of our brain yeah. that, you know, that it that social media is designed to do. I mean, there are computer algorithms that are smarter than we are that push are our buttons, yeah. designed to push our buttons. Yeah. I mean, imagine if, um, you know, imagine how much worse, I mean, the drug, the drug epidemic, heroin, it's dr- drugs, whatever yeah. is bad. But imagine if drugs could reach out to you Ooh. and engage you and try to force you to talk to it. And, and then social give, media, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it it really um it's it's a dangerous psychological and and if you recognize about yourself that you have a uh, you know a propensity to you know like engaging in things yeah. that aren't necessarily healthy. healthy then I think it's good sometimes to be like, well, then I probably shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, yeah, no, it's really smart. I can't, I can't, I can't be around alcohol healthily, so I just shouldn't drink. Yeah, it's really smart that you're able to do that. I, I'm getting, I think I'm just on the cusp of realizing that I need to do that. Um, I used to think of myself as the witness, right? So I felt like I was supposed to see things and then break them down in a way that people that were too busy to to see or watch or or intake could. Um, I could give it to them in bite sized pieces they could understand, mm-hmm. and and that took the politics and all that kind of took over and it became like my entire day is taking things and breaking them down and trying to help people understand. And I realized recently, and maybe it's because so many young people are dying of like things like strokes, Luke mm-hmm. Perry and, and depression and sadness and all this stress kills. If it doesn't thousand percent. kill your spirit, it's going to tighten your arteries and, and I'm realizing because I'm all, I'm coming off of two days of beating back trolls on Twitter. And, and listen, I'm equipped. Like if they come, I, we can do the dance. <laughs> but I'm realizing <laughs> that it's not the best use of my time. It's definitely not the best use of my energy. I care for my dad. I don't want to ever be so mentally affected, you know, even slightly where I can't give my dad the level of love and care that he deserves because I just went five rounds with some idiot on Twitter that I will never meet, do not know, and maybe a bot. Right. Like it's just... I'm I'm starting to think about it. The I think the biggest problem that happened, Chris, is they decided that social media started to dictate what roles you get and what opportunities you get. So actors and and hosts and whatever, well, how many followers do you have? Like we'd love to give you this right. role, but do you have the three hundred million that you need for mm-hmm. us to So then all of us who kind of were taking it or leaving it were like, Well, I gotta get on Twitter. Better get that Snapchat going. And so it's just it's a really unholy I think some of that myth is going away I I really do because I I like to believe that you know in our culture there are trends Mm -hmm. and entertainment there are entertainment trends Mm -hmm. but ultimately I think the people who have longevity 
are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. They focus on their work. Mm-hmm. They're cool when they show up. Yep. They do the job, you know, and good to people. And they're and that, and mm-hmm. and you know, and I I really have to believe that that has more value than a, a million a, followers a, than, than a number because yeah. you know, listen, when I when I couldn't get hired, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. when I, I would always get really close to a job and then a similar thing would happen, they would just offer the job to someone more famous. Yeah. And it's still happening. Sadly, and it yeah. still does happen. Yeah. But, but, what I, but what I also started realizing was, yeah, they can offer the jobs to people who are more famous. But when that happens, those famous people are taking jobs that they're not that passionate about for right. money, right. a paycheck. And I don't think any of those jobs that I didn't get before ever went, went anywhere. Beyond, right. went they went beyond, beyond anywhere. Season, right. And so it's just like, hey, I'm going to keep doing what I do and keep being excited and keep being passionate. And so I, I just believe that this kind of thing is just a trend and you're talented and you're kind Thank and you. I feel like you're always going to work. I hope. Listen, you know, and, yeah. and regardless of whatever the social yeah. media and if someone has 10 times more followers than you because that person with 10 times more followers – I don't know. It's like no one's you. No mm-hmm. one is the package of you, yeah. Yvette. And yeah. and you have value. You have more value than a fake metric. Right. And so I just – I have to believe that that's going to win out. I'm going to choose to believe you because I realize that the way I've been doing it is toxic. And I don't believe that I'm toxic, but the way that I'm doing social media right now is toxic. It's not helping. And I think at this point in my life, I want to always be of service and be of help. And I don't think the way it's devolved, I guess that's the word, um, it's not helpful. No, right. no one's learning. No one's getting better. You know, you beat back, you know, 50 horrible people and then 50 more come. Yeah. And it's like, so you just never get to the point where it's like, ah, I've cleansed, I've cleansed the feed. Like you never get there. There's always more coming. Um, and it's, it is a, it's a, it sucks your spirit. It sucks your energy. It yeah. sucks your spirit. So yeah, I need to I mean, it's like, assess, reassess. You know, the toxicity is mm-hmm. just like, you don't want it to flow into your life. It's just a toxic relationship that you're yeah. in. And it's like, you know, even if it's only, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of a gross example, mm-hmm. but if someone shits in a pool, you don't go, oh, well, they just shit in the pool over there. Like, right. No, everyone no, gets everyone out. Everyone gets out because we're in the same water. Yeah. This yeah. Is the, we're the in the shit same is water. in the water. The shit's in the water. Yeah. And it's yeah. everywhere. And it, mm-hmm. you know, and so. And it's floating towards you. Yeah, exactly. So if there's toxicity anywhere in the pool. That's a good. Oh, that's a good one. It's that's just good. hard to. It's just hard to think like, oh, yeah, yeah but it's not going to come over here or I'm not going to get you're in the d- pool. affected by it. It's like, you're in the pool. no, you're going to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, you got to get out you know, I mean, any, That's good. anyone who's been anyone who's been an internet person for twenty five mm-hmm. plus years has seen a similar thing happen with any forum that they you know. It's like yeah. everyone's you know for years and years and years we kind of go through the same cycle of like oh you know you find some forum everyone on the forums in super great moods and everyone's there for community and it's like. Oh, and then one person kind of leaks in and they kind of start fucking up the threads. And then yep. that brings more people. And then that gets to people yep. who are in good moods. Then they start They're fighting. They're angry, right. And then now every thread starts evolving into, no, fuck you. Yeah. And then at a certain point, like how many different threads and forums have we had to break up with in our internet life? That's because right. we're like, it's just it's, too much. It, now it's toxic. I have to and now I think, leave this and find the next one. That's yeah. right. And I kind of think that's what's beginning to happen because, you know, algorithm, algorithms are designed to increase engagement. And what's engaging is... Toxic behavior toxic is engaging, behavior. you know, so like, depressing. and so it's yeah. a bummer. And it's, 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 we kind of have to recognize that about ourselves as creatures yeah. is that we, 
you know, we gravitate toward that. And, and you're right. You know, you need to take care of your dad. You need to yeah. take care of yourself. You need to take care of your career. You need yeah. to take care of that adorable new dog that you yes, have. Yes, Mr. Harley Brown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I needed this, and I'm glad I have a strawberry Kit Kat to enjoy after we have you're gonna, this This strawberry Kit Kat is, I mean. <laughs> you would I, think we're getting paid I to talk about Kit Kats. I we're not. We're not at all. These no. are, you know, I got them on Amazon. They're, they're from Japan. Mm-hmm. Where there's like an artistry to Kit Kat making and they have mm. all sorts of flavors and they have seasonal flavors. But um, the strawberry Kit Kat's going to be very rewarding for you. I can't uh, wait. The but, green tea was delicious too, but I can't wait for that. Yeah, the green tea's good. It's a mild flavor. Yeah. I feel like a sommelier. It kind of gets you ready. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it gets you ready for what's to come. That's what gets it you re- It gets you ready for, what, for what's to come. Mm-hmm. I accidentally bought, because they're also in a green package, I accidentally bought uh, wasabi Kit Kats. Which, Do you have one of those? No. That's exciting. I don't love them. Are they really it, hot? They're not really hot. It's just a sharp flavor. Mm. But, you know, like if you, you know, when you go home, if you start kind of researching, but there's like pumpkin flavored ones. Wow. There's marshmallow flavored ones what? that show that the package shows you like baking them in the oven and they like bubble up. Oh, so dumb. And so there's there's just a lot of really good ones. And so if you if you look up you know, there are certain retailers that have like international mm-hmm. candies or just like Amazon. I think Cost Plus does too, but I don't know if they have the. Yeah, the you, you will discover. Is when, and when you're in the Naruto, I think it's Naruto, the, the airport in Tokyo, mm-hmm. they're like, um, like duty free shops that have Kit Kats? aisles and aisles of different flavored Kit Kats. It's just sort of a, it's just sort of a thing. And it's, it's why it's Japan is going to better than we are. It's going to 100%. 100%. Yeah. Because <laughs> their airports happen. have multi flavored Kit totally Kats. It's going to happen. So tell me about, you, do, do, you, do you call your dog? by by uh, his full name Mr. Harley oh, Brown. No, I just call him Harley. You just call him Harley. I just think Mr. Harley Brown is cool because it's kind of like Charlie Brown. Yes. And I put Mr. because Harley could go for a male or a woman, a female or a male, and I wanted people to know that he, that he was Mr. You know, I love a formal salutation on an animal, <laughs> on a dog, because it's just... It just makes it funnier to me. Like it's it hilarious. Just, there's just something like, sir, doctor, sir, mister, you know, <laughs> right. Mrs. Yeah. Uh, or Ms. Yeah. Uh, it, just, it, just puts a, it just puts a fun spin on it yeah. that gives your, do- gives your animal a slightly elevated personality. Yeah, and he's totally not like in his pictures he's a Mr. Harley Brown, but in his personality he's like a big goof. So it doesn't even fit like this big lumbering. I call him a brute now. He's just a big brute. <laughs> just, I'm just lumbering through life and uh, I don't think it even fits him, but I love it. I just love that You know when he's so at formal. work? He's Mr. Harley Brown but at work. At home, he's, he lets his hair, He lets his hair down, his he fur just, down. He, yeah, he just lets, all, he just lets, <laughs> he lets those all, ears yeah, down and, just and he lets life, it down. Yeah. And you said you uh, did a, the live action Lady and the Tramp? I did. That's where I got Got him. We uh, Disney uh, Plus did the Lady and the Tramp movie. It's live action, and I play Aunt Sarah, who's the villain. Okay, I'm the villain. One of the villains. There's two villains in the film, and Mr. Harley Brown was one of Lady's doubles. But Mr. Harley Brown, because he's a brute and I believe untrainable, was like <laughs> lady number 17. Sure. So all the other dogs like, I'm a good jumper and I'm this. And Mr. Harley Brown was like, I'm a good cuddler if you need that. Yep. So he never, I don't think he worked. So at the end of the film, all the dogs were rescues and they were like, you know, who wants these dogs? And I was like, I'd like a one of the cockers. And Harley was my was my one. And Mathilde, the trainer, literally picked who got which dog because she we didn't know this, but through the run of the entire film, she was watching everyone that had said at the beginning they wanted a dog. Mathilde was looking and watching because she knew her animals, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Who? Who?" And she said, "I, I have yours." She's like, "It's Harley," and I'm like, "He's so big. He's a brute." She was like, "This is your dog," <laughs> and she was right. He's big and a brute, but he's my dog. That is yeah. fantastic. And do you like the the structure of the of a pet? The structure that a dog needs. I don't, but. 
You don't know this about me, Chris. I'm lazy. I don't know if you know. <laughs> you know oh, I'm so lazy. So no I know 100%. Evidence I have about you oh, would suggest this. So lazy. Anytime, it's horrible to say this. Anytime I excel at something, I'm doing it because I want to help someone else. That is the so, total truth. So if I'm on a talk show or a guest on the show or something, I'm going to give 150% because I want everybody to be okay and mm-hmm. I want to do a good job so that people have a nice day of work. But when it's something for me, like if it's me, I'm like, I'm going to watch Netflix. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't do that. So there's something kind of good for me about he has to eat at a certain time. He has to walk at a certain time. If I feed him at this time, he'll poop by this time. Like I'm kind of getting a little bit of a schedule that I don't usually have because I'm kind of off work right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a 5:30 call every morning on Monday, like uh, at community. So I'm kind of, my life is my own right now. So my schedule is him. Yeah. I mean, I've realized that, um, our cat mm-hmm. that we're his personal assistants, basically. <laughs> 100%, 100%. And it's his bedroom. 100%. And so a lot of times what happens is it's – I don't often sleep all the way through the night. I'll yeah. wait, I usually wake up at like 4 o'clock in same, the morning. Same. You know, and so – and it takes me about an hour or so mm-hmm. to fall back asleep. Yeah. And I and and I hate that I do this, but I basically go into the guest room for the last couple hours of my sleep mm-hmm. because – by the time I fall back asleep at like six Lydia's for another hour and a half, yeah. well, the cat wakes up, starts meowing at seven. Wow. And so I just can't, I don't want to start to fall back asleep and then meow, meow, because right. he gets fed at 730. Right. And I realize like, oh, this is his bedroom and mm-hmm. we're, we're here, we're, you know, we're just yeah. here, we're just here to take care of him. Yeah. And, and that's just how it is. And it's okay. Yeah. Like this is, this is the decision we made. I realized that my son has my tendency to of clutter, I have a bit of clutter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I, you first get a dog or a pet, you're so excited. And it's like, I don't have kids, so this is like my kid. So I'm like buying him everything. He's going to have a raincoat and he's going to have every <laughs> chew toy imaginable. And so the house is like full of all of his stuff. And so what I try to do is I put them like in a doggy bed or something when he's not in it. And that'll be like his little toy chest. This little sucker goes in. I'll put everything away. He looks at me and then goes one by one and pulls it all out and my puts it all over that. the house. What is that? My mom's dog not only pulls everything out of his bed, but he arranges them in a certain way. hundred percent. I'm like, what are you doing? He's, he's, it's, it's OC dog. It's OC dog. Yeah. hundred percent. He's yeah. like, and, he, and he's not angry about it. It's just, and he watches me put everything away and then he waits till I walk away and he goes, let me go on and get this and starts pulling everything back out. You know what he's doing? He's, I, I believe he is, um, making the environment he is essentially controlling yeah. the environment and making the environment his yes 100 percent. and that's kind of that's, oh it, that's... it's his <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, I just gave up i'm like we'll just leave everything out because yeah. it's going to end up out anyway. you know what you know yeah and, i know what it's going to and be. then the more you do it the more it's going to be part of the game and the yeah part of the habit yeah he thinks that this is... and he's going to get pissed when you don't do it <laughs> Fuck. And why now, aren't you right why aren't you cleaning up why aren't right. you doing this thing <laughs> right you know just sort of hearing you talk about that and and even just sort of thinking about um your relationship with social media, mm-hmm. and again, not to not to go into psychoanalysis. And, Let's and do it. This is not, I, this I is don't not, mind. Not it. My place. Let's this is my completely it. un. Uh, help me. I love this help. Is a completely unsolicited, <laughs> unsolicited opinion. But you know, a, a, as my friend, my hope for you is that you are as happy and healthy as possible. Yeah. And I wonder if because you're such a caretaker, and it probably, you know, there's probably like a codependency element in yeah. there too, which is, you know. You you want to make sure that you are not sacrificing your own well being yeah. just to try to caretake everything else. I mean, your intention yeah. is good. You want people to be happy, but at what point, you know, it's like, are you going to be 
healthy enough for you. Yeah. You got to put your, 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 I think about put your oxygen mask on first all the time. Right. Like the first time you see that, it's like, well, why don't you want to take care of the baby? Right. But it's literally, you can't take care of the baby if you pass out because you don't have oxygen. That's right. So you have to put your mask on first. And I am, I am the queen of making sure everybody else's mask is on. Yeah. Are you good? You need everybody good? Which is what you're saying. Like yeah. when you go on someone else's show, you want to make yeah. sure everyone's happy. Yeah. You want to make sure everyone's, and, and, and I have to say, yeah. as a host, and I know you've hosted stuff yeah. too before. It is so helpful. That Isn't you do it that. nice when someone does that for you? Yes, it is because yeah. I mean I find that I'm that I, I'm almost too talkative when I do other people's shows mm-hmm. because I feel like oh I want to give you a I know what it I feels want you to have like. a break I right? want you to have a break and <laughs> right. I want to make this easy for you and it's hard when. People come on a show and they give you one word answers. Yeah, and you're like, you're like I, you know the story. I've told this before, but you know why the notebook began, began because of doing your show, right? No. The week before I did Talking Dead for the first time, because I always research a show before I went, I go on and I was watching the episodes. But the week before, and I won't say who it was, but the week before, the person on there, lovely, funny, amazing, but could have given two shits about everything that you guys were talking about. So it was like every question was like, pulling like mm-hmm. teeth and I don't know if this person had ever even watched the show like it was just kind of like this is listen this is the beginning of Talking Dead so no one knew what it was going to That's become right. then so it was you know this is when we were still playing the game at the end remember the, the shooting game oh my that's god that's how I long ago it was yeah. About that. Yeah. oh my god yeah there was a period of time where we had the bands playing yeah, on the yeah man show. It, was, it was the early years it was like god. yeah it was like maybe it was definitely first season so I remember thinking like I just saw you and you never look like you're sweating or like it's it's a struggle for you. You make it look easy. And I say that every time I do Talking Dead, I say to the audience, like Chris is the best at teleprompter reading. He can read a prompter. <laughs> you and Tom Bergeron are my two top <laughs> teleprompter people. You can read a teleprompter as if it's coming out of your brain. Your it, it's it doesn't matter how fast it goes, no matter if there's weird words, you guys just it sounds like it's coming right from you in the moment. So anyway, so you looked like you were fine. You didn't look like you were struggling, but I knew that feeling of can you just answer this question with, can you give me some? So that's when I started taking notes because I was like, when I go on, I'm going to make sure that he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate so, that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very helpful. And also it just, it became, I mean, that's, you know, for a show that is about a fandom mm-hmm. that is supported by fans, yeah. it is vitally important that those fans know that the people who are on that show are also fans and yeah. in the community. Yeah. And so I know there have been people who've been booked for the show before, and even like a day before, they're like, you know, the publicist will be like, you know, before the publicist will be like, oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're caught up. And then it turns out they're not caught Never up. Never seen it, yeah. And, you know, our showrunner, um, Brandon, Amazing. will say like, oh, um, well, yeah, they can't come on then <laughs> because yeah. it's it doesn't work if they're not. And it also is a is a protection for them because the fans of Walking Dead uh, and talk The Walking Dead and Talking Dead are rabbit. Yeah. And you do not want to disrespect them by coming on going, oh no. Yeah, exactly. And it is an incredible fan base. And, yes. you know, e- even when they're angry, it's their passion. It's their passion. You know, yeah. like they love the thing and, yeah. and we all have jobs because they love the That's thing. That's right. Whether they're angry or happy. Yeah. We owe them 100%, a lot. 100%. And so, and so I feel like we owe them that everyone who's on the show is mm-hmm. a fan of a fan of it, yeah. And so that it's 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 part of the part of the community and yeah. not you know just someone trying to promote a thing. Speaking of that, you are greatly requested at any Walker Stalker something. They love I you. I have been so dying to go yeah. to a Walker Stalker, and what usually ends up happening is work, right? Work, yeah. Work or like stand up dates or whatever, yeah. because I don't. You know, like stand-up dates, you can only do 
you don't really tour during the summer, so it's like I'm I'm doing tour dates now and then yeah. tour dates in the fall, especially the one in Atlanta, like the Oof, mega one. Yeah. You know, I I so want to go. I'm they so want excited you to so see it. So bad. And oh I also feel like, but I also feel like if I go, I I I should do something. Like I should do like a presentation or like. But that's a what it. That's what it feels like. But what I what I've found is that more than anything, they just want you. They want. There's people that come to Talking Dead and they'll get to see you there. And and if someone's blessed to be up close at one of the Comic Con panels, they can have a little bit of you there. But there's something about you at a table. With your name and your picture behind you, and they can get in line. They can wait as long as they want just to have a moment to go, I love you, or, you know, your work has blessed me, or please sign this, like whatever. It's that instant that they get to have with you that is what it is. You don't have to do anything else. Now, you, of course, can host a panel if you want, sure. but it really is just that one-on-one time that they I mean, want. I don't I don't think I've ever had a bad experience in the wild yeah. with a, a Walking Dead fan. Yeah. E- e- even if there's... Even when people have said like, oh, I don't like something that's happening on the show or yeah. I didn't like this. It's like still having those real world experiences mm-hmm. with people and fans and and and, and um, uh, people who are in your community of yeah. folks. Like it it it's so valuable. And and I think it's something that, you know, we're losing in binge watch culture uh, 100%. because you'll binge, watch, you'll binge watch something yeah. and then you never talk about it again because yeah. you just gorged it. Like, yeah. it's, you know, and you can't talk about it because you might spoil somebody who's yeah, not exactly. watching. You don't know it, where, so. where everyone is. Mm-hmm. And and then also it's just like once you gorge yourself on it, you know, like, you know, most people don't think about the, the Big Mac that they had. Oh, no. You know, it's like arr, arr, once it's gone, you know, it's, once gone. it's gone, it's I gone. am thinking about the one I'm going to buy now uh, after you've said that <laughs> on the way home. I'm going to eat my Kit Kat and get a delicious. <laughs> Big Mac. Oh my God! Well, I, I I worked in Las Vegas this past weekend, and um, you know we're driving by Barstow, and, and mm. Lydia is like, we gotta stop by In and Out. Yeah, we just can't not. Drive. We it. cannot you not it. drive through. I mean, you gotta do it. Not drive through In and Out. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I can't do it all the time. My body rejects it. You're so tiny. Like you're just such a compact human. I <laughs> wish you could teach me your ways. Part of my ways were the fact that my doctor about a year and a half ago said your cholesterol is dangerously high. No, you yeah. how? I think it's genetic or stress or whatever. I don't know what it is. You might be stressed. But I... it was real high. Yeah. And I was drinking chai lattes from Starbucks two or three times a day. Ooh. And then I realized how much sugar that is to intake. Oh, they're so and delicious, though. They are. But I had to give them up. And so I haven't been drinking those for like for a little over a year. And, wow. Uh, and so then, I mean, it's basically like drinking a candy bar. A delicious delicious yeah. chai a delicious chai like it's yeah. just like baby milk you yeah. know like like know. like the milk a baby gets yeah. i think that's what chai it's latte a little is it's sweet yes yeah, it's just warmed it's warmed warm, up to the perfect yeah. temperature and uh, so i had to give them up and then i kind of got smaller when that happened because i was, just from the chai tea just from the chais because i was like two or three of them a day i mean it's that's like, like a thousand calories it's so i mean not it's more you know if i'm i think it's like 30 Four or five grams. If I, I hope I'm right about if I'm not right about this, I send your letters. But I think it's like 34 <laughs> or 35 grams of sugar in oh, each one. No. And so it's like, can I really sustain 70 to 100 extra grams of sugar no, a day? No, even can't. as even as active and busy as I am. And so, you know, so, if so anybody could, health. you could, but nobody no, should try it. So, so yeah. it, was, it was really just it was really just for health that I kind of yeah. had to alter my diet, and I went to a, like a a partial vegetarian diet. How's that? You still there? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. We have this great food service that is very helpful with that called Sakara, and they yeah. make these really great vegetarian. So I'm not like I, it's like I, I still eat meat, but part of the time for health reasons. Yeah, because you do a little, but for health reasons, you need to. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I know, I know dudes who are in their 50s or 60s and they're vegetarian and 
they look um, they just look healthy. Yeah. And so I you know, but I also I do enjoy eating meat and I do like some of the benefits of that, but I also Do you I, work out? You like a yeah. runner. Do you run? I do. You I don't like a run runner. a ton like my my knee gets a little tricky sometimes. Well, we're a little older now, Chris Harwick. What? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what? So you can't just do whatever no, you want? No, you can't. I, my body told you me that. Told, my body on. told me to tell you that. I've had the same tra- trainer, Tom, um, since 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, I exercise with him two to three times a week. And, so, and what do, you have... do? do you do it at like five, eight, five o'clock in the morning? No, I do it usually in the afternoon. I feel like I want to interview you. Like, what are you like? What's your day like? You know what? This is your time. If you want to ask me questions, <laughs> I'll answer anything like? you want. What's your day like? You know, if you if you want to ask me questions, this is your time. This I, is your time. Because I literally have a mental picture of you. I'll tell you. Like, what, tell me what you want to know. Getting up at like three a.m. This is this is what I think your day okay. is. It's totally you sure. just debunked it. But I in my mind. You get up at 3 a.m. and you hit the gym. It's like you either go out and run in the neighborhood or you get on your treadmill and you, you run for like two hours. So by 5 o'clock, you're ready to have your delicious, you know, sugar-free chai latte. Um, Lydia's getting up now and she's going to her job doing what she does. And then I think you just go from meeting to meeting or show to show or planning session to planning session. I feel like from 8 a.m. to 8 at night, you are like, Rah! It that is, is that not it? that's not uh, entirely um, inaccurate. Okay, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I get up at like three or four in the morning mm-hmm. sometimes, just out of insomnia. Just insomnia, mm-hmm. or I, I also just think my body is wired to sleep for like four or five hours. Yeah, and I wake up, mm-hmm. and so what's helped me a lot go back to sleep is learning transcendental meditation, which I've been doing. I keep for hearing a year. about meditation. You're the oh third God, person to tell me meditation. TM is the best. Really? Yeah, especially if if you're if the wheels in your brain spin a lot. That's then me. It, yeah. I recommend it because it's helped me. I and you get better the more you do it. Yeah, but it's helped me fall back asleep faster, and it's helped me just be a little more centered, a little mm-hmm. more focused, a little clearer, and yeah. have a little more space between me and the world yeah. or reacting to stuff or whatever. Yeah. And so. Um, so that's been really helpful, but you know, I usually get up around, like I fall back asleep and sleep till like seven thirty or mm-hmm. eight. I'll, I'll go have breakfast and kind of just, and you know, and pretty much like start the day. But I don't, I usually train with Tom either, you know, sometime between noon and four, whenever my mm-hmm. schedule and I have a little gym at the house. And so Love we train, it. train at the house. And so, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't run outside the mm-hmm. times that I've gotten the most fitness injured yeah i was, was outside. running outside yeah. like it's i don't know pounding the ground yeah the ground with your knees and with no you can't do yeah, that. yeah 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 so it's you know i have to be a little more cautious about mm-hmm. that i don't run as hard as i used to run i run to kind of get my heart rate up yeah but then you know with tom i do this kind of like it's a combination of interval training mm-hmm. and circuit training and then um that's, you know, stretches and sounds exhausting and, and that sort of thing. Nothing about it is enticing. <laughs> Nothing. I'll tell you, it doesn't sound enticing, and yet I f- and but it, it energizes you. It's endorphins. It makes you yeah, it's ready not, for the it's day. Not like I ever feel like working out. I mean, yeah. the thing that's great about it is that you it conditions you to do things that you don't that your brain tells you like you don't want to do that. It's yeah, not going to be always, fun. What are you listen. talking about? Always listen. I've learned to. I'm like you're wanna, right. You're right. I, I show don't. up anyway because really? I just know that. The long-term benefits yeah. are um, the long-term. You're benefits you're are more disciplined than I am, though, as a person. But you get to a point though where it's like, yes, but my body has because my because I've conditioned myself to be that way. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, sure, would I want to eat in and out every day? Maybe, but I also know that if I do it 
for more than like two days in a row, I feel like my body just rejects it. Right. I feel gross. Because that's that's because you're clean. Your body is clean. Like I am pretty much in and out. Like I am made. (laughs) It's so good though. It's in my cellular, you know. So I'd have to go like completely cold turkey and try to get off of. You really have to. The the thing uh, you know like the 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 advantage that human that Homo sapiens have mm-hmm. is uh, over any other animal I think mm-hmm. is our willful adaptability. Yes, M- you know most animals adapt because they have to, but humans can adapt because can make they a can. Decision. Right, we can make the decision to adapt, and so. How did I not die in my 20s drinking 15 to 20 beers a day, eating, you know, Chili's Tommy Burgers at 2 o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Like, how did I? Well, because my body adjusted to that. Yeah. And, but at a certain point, I quit that and my body adjusted to a different right. thing. And you can't go back, right. And so consistent, you know, consistent behavior, your body will adjust to consistent behaviors. And whether that's toxic or not, or clean foods, whether that's toxic or clean thinking. That's true. Whether that's, like, whatever it is. That's true. And you, you know, we do, I think, live a lot of our lives thinking that we're sort of led around by life, but we are making micro choices every, every single, single day. day that we don't even realize. That we don't even realize. And so it's, even if you can incrementally improve your mm-hmm. choices and make better decisions and force yourself to like, I'm feeling a lot of negativity and I'm gravitating toward negativity. Can I force myself to think a couple of grateful or positive right. things a day? And it's work and it, you don't feel like it and it right. fucking feels better right. to feel depressed and sad and on yeah. a couch and yeah. you know, just like playing games or whatever it is that you're trying to distract yourself from your feelings. Yeah. You know, it the long term effects of figuring out and I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I try. But you're trying. But the long term effects of um it's just it's not that you don't what you don't get from it is always the instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It, you're really trying to teach your brain to play the long game, but I think your brain is almost always will tell you to do the instant gratification 100%. thing and you have to learn that you don't have to listen to that. Okay, well that's what I learned today. <laughs> just, guys, but it's I hard. just learned it. But yeah. you but you also have had, you also I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to get preachy, but I'm just you don't I like preachy Chris. Get preachy. I would <laughs> I don't you know, if you try to take on broad sweeping change and all, like, oh my God, if I change, is my what am I going to have to do a yeah. month from now? And what mm-hmm. is the just get through whatever you can get through in a day? Yeah, just one, just one day at a time. Just one day at a time. That's it's good. just classic AA thinking That's applied good. to anything That's else in the world. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. That you don't have to take on all of your change. You don't have to think like, well, if I start exercising today, well, I'm going to do this four times a week, yeah. and then I'm going to have to do this, and then I'm yeah. going to have to change. Like, don't. Just, just get, what can just you do get, today? Just get thirty minutes into what box can you check today that 100%. is for you? Napping. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Naps are great. That's why I think you might like TM because you 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 should do it twenty minutes in the morning and then twenty minutes sometime. It just before clears dinner. your mind and centers you. Yes. Yes, it clears your okay. mind and centers you, and it it takes you to a restful place that is, you know, like I think more beneficial than just sleeping in the afternoon. I understood. And you only do it in twenty minutes, and and you feel refreshed, mm-hmm. and it just starts to kind of like. I'm gonna try it, Chris Arwick. I'm gonna get in there. I'll give you. I'll I'll send you to the to the David Lynch Foundation where I where I learned how to do it. Please do. Yeah, they're very they're very nice. All right. I mean, it it you know like it it also it shows you that you know you never really know what people are going through. No one does. That's true. If I if I were to look at you, I would say a vet is (laughs) is the. You know, the happiest, strongest will, <laughs> most joyful, 
beam of light in the oh, universe. Oh, pumpkin. And, and some of that's true. And you forget that that you know that everyone's human and everyone has struggles and everyone yeah. goes through stuff. I think I think that I I think everybody has a natural set point and I think my natural set point is joy. I think that um I saw enough as a kid to realize that you know things can get better, right? Mm-hmm. And so anytime I'm in something where it feels like oh this sucks, I always know that it can get better. I'm not saying it will, mm-hmm. but it can. So my natural set point, even if I'm really down or or mad or whatever the negative things are, I can always, it's always going to go back to sun come out. That's just naturally my natural set point. So um, it's, it's, the struggle comes in when I try to help other people get to that place. Because for me, kindness makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's not to be hateful to people is hard for me. Like I, I feel like a, uh, in my gut, if I am mean to someone on purpose, now there's things I say sometimes I'm sure that people are like, well, that was rough. Cause I'm very blunt. Um, and in my mind, uh, because decency and kindness is easy. If I see someone that is willfully being a jerk, it makes me want to go, eh, mm-hmm. but, um, I need to, my, my dad used to always say this to me, um, have some patience for us mere, mere mortals. Mm-hmm. He would say that all the time because it's like, it's good that God gave you a measure of decency and knowing what right from wrong, but other people are trying to figure it out. So give them, give them a little, hold some space for them so they can walk in and take a look around and go, okay, let me figure this out. You, you, none of us arrive here knowing it all. And even the ones that have been given a, a certain amount of, kindness or grace or intellect or whatever, that's a grace gift. Mm -hmm. That's not your birthright. That's not something you earn. That's literally God going, I'm going to bestow you with teleprompter skills, Chris Hardwick, (laughs) that no one is, you know what I mean? It's not something, it's just coming out of you, right? So walking around puffed up because you're kind is not God's will either. So I've had to check myself sometimes and be like, you know, let's calm down a little bit and, 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 and extend some grace to people and help people walk through things and also realize that you haven't figured it all out either. Well, it's, it's also like the idea of giving people space is, is a really wonderful thing, yeah. but it's very difficult to create space when you only have 240 characters. Right. The, the platform itself provides no space. No space. No space. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and nobody's reading a thread. Nobody got time to read a thread. No. And, yeah. you know, and it's and it's just all emotion and emotionally reactive and it's just becoming an extension of our emotional yeah. emotional brains which, you know, like our brain is designed to have emotions but then filter them and then figure out you know how to present those ideas yeah, and in a way that achieves coming out immediately understanding and results and and you know like it hits the brain awesome. and it comes through the fingers i'll tell you what i i, I am i'll tell you what i'm i i'm jealous of you in one what are you jealous sec- about i'm this is going to sound very strange okay let's do it <clears throat> i'm jealous of your faith punk and you've said that to me before why what is it because i don't i there's just something where i you know, and maybe this is a recovering, you know, addict kind mm-hmm. of a thing where I just, you know, where it's like, I want to be able to fix everything. Mm. And and sometimes it's very difficult to just let that go and say, whatever it is, not mm-hmm. that you have to believe in a, you know, an, uh, an old man with a white mm-hmm. beard sitting on a cloud. Right. But, you know, even if, even if the, even if in the releasing of stuff is just that, Hey, you know what? It's not my responsibility to control the world around me, yeah. nor can I. I can only control how yeah. I respond to the world. Yeah, that's my domain. Um, is is sort of that faith that, hey, you know what? 
no matter what, you'll be okay. Be it's okay. fine. The world's fine. You'll be right. fine. You know what I mean? And that. But let me ask you this. Sure. Haven't you found that to be true, though? Think about your life. Well, I mean, you know, it's like when you, when you, if you were to get to the, if you were to, you know, get to be a, uh, a 90 year old mm-hmm. person who looks mm-hmm. back at their life and go, all the things I stressed about, like 99% of them did not come to fruition. Right. But guess what? You can do that at 25. You can do that at 45. You can do that at 55. Yeah. Because everyone at some stage in your life, especially people at, at our age, and I'm not saying neither of our ages, we both look <laughs> 30, 32. 32. So, so at 32, mm-hmm. you and I mm-hmm. <laughs> have endured a lot. Now, it's not, we haven't been to war. There's no. things like that we haven't endured, but we've had heartbreak. Sure. We've had opportunities that didn't come around. We have, have That's had, this entire business. Exactly. opportunities not panning out. But we're here today in this beautiful booth, <laughs> yeah. you know, a TARDIS. We're in a TARDIS. We're in a TARDIS. And we are discussing life, and right now everything is okay. So anything we stressed about six months ago or eight months ago, it, it, it all tipped back to the okay. Right. So we've had enough experiences of things tipping back to the okay to really understand that until that last thing, there's one thing in this life that's going to kill us. Each of us. There's one thing. Until that thing, you're going to survive everything else. Well, that's what I hope everyone is able to do is, you know, look back at things they were stressing about a right. year, two years ago. If they can even remember right. and go, oh, yeah, that thing, that thing at work that I was freaked out about right. or that thing with my... You know, that Thanksgiving that I was terrified with my family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that never, you know, oh, this thing, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I went to the doctor and I was, oh, that never, right. you know, I mean, it, and I talk to my mom about this all the time because she hates, you know, my mom is like, my mom's so resilient and so mm-hmm. amazing. She hates going to the doctor if she gets sick or anything. I'm like, just call the doctor. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know. You gotta, you know, and like all the times you, when I think about all the, when I used to be afraid of flying, all the flights I stressed yeah. about, you know, and they mm-hmm. were fine. And they were fine. And 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 even if I think it might have actually been a Doctor Who quote. I don't know. There, maybe it was Doctor Who, but it's like, oh no, it might have been Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Fuck, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, it was something about you know, you know, aren't you freaked out that we're gonna that we could die? And it's like, well, why would you want to die twice? You know what I mean? Why would that you really wanna... could be Sherlock or Doctor Who. It could be, it could be both. Or Doctor right. Who, right? But yeah. no, but it's true though, and so. What faith is, is the realization that all those other things didn't take you out. So what you're facing right now probably won't either. Right. And so it's literally going, I'm going to survive this. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck <laughs> the whole time or well, most that, of the time. But I'm going to survive it. That's just, you know, that's just life. And that's it, it just, is. you know. It and- is. And think about it like this. Can you, I'm trying to explain faith in another way. You remember when you were a kid and even if you, you didn't really worry about what you were going to eat for dinner. You didn't worry about whether you were going to have, you know, uh, an umbrella to go to school the next day. There's certain things and, and it depends, of course, on where you are on the poverty scale, what I just said. But for most kids, they have an understanding that their mother or dad or whoever is their caregiver is going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to have some food at some point. I, I'm going to have a little bit of shelter. I'm, a bus is going to come in the morning. It's going to take me to school. My teachers are going to teach me something. You have a real understanding. You don't spend a lot of time for the most part as a kid going, ah, right? <laughs> Where's my next meal exactly. coming from? You know, unless, unless you're poor, it's a it's different thing. So that's really what faith is as walking through life is the understanding that I don't know how this is going to happen, but I know someone does. Right. And that someone is different for different people. For me, it's God and Jesus. Everybody knows that. But it's different for every every person. But it's the understanding that I don't have to 
I can choose to stress about this. I can choose to worry about this or I can believe because my favorite scene that shows faith is uh, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, when he takes that leap of faith and he literally his fa- if he does not take the step, his father is going to die. Right. I have to get in there. I got to find the, the, the child. I got to do it. So he lets all of his stuff go. And he's like, I might be about to die, but I'm going to believe that I'm not. And he takes the step and it's there. Yeah. That's literally what faith is. It's not seeing it, not even be able to fathom. Like, I'm in faith right now. I don't have a job. Right. I'm in between jobs right now. I'm believing that something will come for me, but I don't know what that's going to be. But I know that it's going to be okay. I love that. You know? I love that. And, you know, like, going back to the to the being a kid thing. Mm-hmm. I know that there were things that my parents sheltered me from. Like mm-hmm. w- when I was growing up, my parents went through some horrible financial times. And mm-hmm. my dad eventually like um, got a – like found some inv- – he had no money himself. He had found some investors and bought this bowling center in Memphis, yes, which is still the there. Which is still there in yeah. Memphis. It's been there 38 years or I something, 37 years. And I wasn't until much later when I was a very much an adult that my dad said, mm-hmm. oh, if the day that I got the keys, to, like the day that we signed the deal for the yeah. bowling center, he said, if that hadn't happened, I didn't have enough money to buy McDonald's that day for us wow. to have dinner. And I never knew that. Never my knew parents it. just sheltered me from mm-hmm. all that, you know, and, and I didn't. I I, it, I I had no idea, yeah. you know, and I guess if I were to look back, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, we went through a really, mm-hmm. str- you know, it, it, like had parents had to sell stuff to yeah. keep afloat and and somehow it, you know, it worked out. Now, that's not to say that, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't know what the, you know, what's the dividing line between being delusional and too Pollyanna and... And having that faith that things are going to, you know, because sometimes things aren't okay, yeah, you know, for but, people. But yeah, maybe in the moment, but they always are eventually, right? It's almost like, you know, you're in the middle of winter and you're cold and you got your snow boots on and you're cursing life as you're walking <laughs> in it, right? Guess what's coming? Spring. Mm-hmm. So you can either walk through those three months of winter acting as if it's going to be winter always when it's not going to be. Now that doesn't mean that the winter is not going to be horrible. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. If you, don't like, yeah, if you don't like cold, it's going to be horrible, but spring always comes. And that's the thing that I think we, we do ourselves a, a favor. If we would understand that hard times come and they don't last always and good times come and they don't last always. Right. It is always a cycle. So what I endeavor to do is when it's good, I hold on. Mm-hmm. I hold on. I luxuriate in it. I celebrate it. I enjoy it. And then when it gets to being a little shitty, I just hunker down and wrap myself in the memories of the time when it was really good and believe and know that this season will pass and it will get better again. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It always has. Mm-hmm. It always has. And you know what's funny about that too is that even even like even if you wanted to look at that not so much as like I have faith. You're using historical data. It's data. It's, it's, it's you also, science. It's faith it's and science. science. Yeah, there's it's science, science. To it. It's been proven. <laughs> there's one thing that's going to take each of us out. One thing. Until that thing, you will survive everything you face in life. God, that's such a it's great It's so deep, though. That's a great point. But isn't it true? I it's guess true. it is. It's true. It's one I, thing. I guess it is. So we really only need to fear that one thing, and we don't even know when it's going to happen. So why are you going to worry about it right now? And why fear it? Because there's nothing you can do about there's it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I have this new thing that I've been saying uh, <laughs> this it, it's gonna this might be real loopy for some people but 
they, I've heard often that we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience, right? Like we were up in the cosmos and came on down to try this out. What if, you know, the fullness of this experience is not just sunshine and rainbows all the time. What if the fullness of it is pain and, and, and loved ones passing and addiction that you have to overcome and, and, and horrible things said about you on social media. What if that's part of it too? And what if we want to experience that? Mm -hmm. If I get to come here for 75 years and I get to do anything I want in this realm, why wouldn't some pain and suffering be part of it? And why would I run from it? Because it's a full experience of life. And there's always a lesson on the other side of the darkest times. So I have this new thing now, and I'm not saying I love suffering, but I have this new thing now where I say to myself as a spiritual being, Ooh, I get to do this too. Well, and, and that's such an excellent point. And it's also a very stoic point of view mm-hmm. too, that, and, and, and I would say to anyone who's going through anything, you know, finding a purpose for your pain, for your pain. is very helpful. Mm-hmm. And so if you can think of whatever you're going through as strength training. And it is, it is, it's lifting weights. The weight may be, you know, the loss of a loved one. The weight may be a divorce. The weight may be a loss of job, whatever. That's the weight. And you only get stronger by lifting the weight. I want to read. Um, an, read to I me. I want to read, read an email. Is from, uh, Read the email. My friend Ryan puts out um, this, and he was on the podcast a couple months ago, the mm-hmm. daily, dailystoic.com. And it's just a great, uh, it's just a great daily email list that just kind of gives you uh, <clears throat> just kind of gives you um, it just reminders every yeah, day. Yeah, it's of, great of stuff. The Daily Stoic. DailyStoic.com. dot um, and this is for anyone who's going through anything. But the title of the email a couple of days ago was "It's good that things have been hard." Uh, and the email is, life can be like that. It kicks us around. The stuff we expected to be simple turns out to be tough. The people we thought were friends let us down. Mm. A couple of storms or unexpected weather patterns just add a whole bunch of difficulty on top of whatever we've been doing. How could you possibly, how could that possibly be seen as a good thing? Mm. You have to squint a bit to see it, but there is one way. If you see what's been happening as practice, as training, Mm. Seneca wrote that the only, uh, that only the prize Seneca wrote that the only the prize fighter who has been bloodied and bruised in training and in previous matches can go into the ring confident of his chances of yes. winning. The one who has never been touched before, never had a hard fight. Mm. That's a fighter who is scared. And if they aren't, they should be because they have no actual idea of how they're going to hold up. That's good. His point was that the boxer who has seen his own blood, quote, who has felt his own teeth rattle beneath his opponent's fist, mm. who has been downed in body but not in spirit, mm. they know what they can take they know what the darkness before the proverbial dawn feels like only they have a true and accurate sense of rhythms of a fight and what winning is going to require them to do yes that sense comes from getting knocked around that sense is only possible Mm. because of the hard times the hard knocks they've experienced before so yeah things might not be great now obviously it'd be nice if they were better but if they were you'd also be weaker for it less informed less in touch with yourself Mm. and the fight you're in so squint and see that because it's an important perspective that was a full sermon you guys like you better understand that's ryan holiday that's speaking. that me. is no that's, that's a that, full that's, that ryan just dropped a full sermon and i'm gonna follow his little that daily stoic i'm about yes, to be on that because it's because what it what it says is that when you face adversity mm-hmm. it gives you the opportunity to see what you're made, made of, of and who you are yeah and it makes you that much better and more equipped for the world. You know what else world. it gives you? It gives you the opportunity to leave breadcrumbs for the people that are coming behind you. Yes. You are of no use in this world if all you do is is survive. 
you have to survive and then teach other people how you came over. Mm-hmm. That's just what it's supposed to be about. You're supposed to leave breadcrumbs and leave doors open and, and, and signposts for people to find their way. And you can only help someone else through their stuff if you've had some stuff that you've gone through too. That's right. That's what it is. And also selfishly, when you are able to counsel other people, mm-hmm. whether it's in sobriety or trauma mm-hmm. or whatever it is or addic- whatever it is, it it also for you personally – makes you feel like when you are um, sharing those experiences or in service to other people with those yep. experiences that they that it wasn't for nothing right <laughs> that it matters yeah. and that you know hopefully as I'm sure people do with their kids mm-hmm. like I want to give you the benefit of having been through this now right. you know some people are going to want to go through stuff no matter what yeah you can't tell you know people are only people will only take that leap that step when yeah. they're ready to you can't right. make them can't make them and uh you know, and that's, I guess that's just the best we can do. Yeah. I want to, I just think that life is great when you realize what you're here to do, which everyone has to fight, figure out for themselves. Um, but everyone is supposed to be of service in some way. There's supposed to be something that you're doing that lightens somebody's load. It could be, and it kind of has to be outside of your family. I hate to say it. You kind of have to find a way to give in a way that people outside of your, your, your immediate sphere can feel it Mm -hmm. and that no one can tell you what that is. No one can tell you how to do it. But I've found that being of service um, has made the tough times easier to stomach because I'm going through, but I can focus on something else. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you take the focus off of it being winter in your life, you can, you can then, you know, shovel some snow in someone else's winter. So you have to always, that's really nice. I mean, I don't, you don't do a podcast do you. I don't, Listen, it's it's. I know there's a million podcasts and stuff, but, <laughs> but to me, I I just and I really hope you consider this because yeah. I think what you're trying to do on social media mm-hmm. is the equivalent of running through a city and grabbing people and be like, I can let's get out of here, you know. <laughs> right. Whereas if you just did a podcast, mm-hmm. not only would you sort of blanket the land mm-hmm. with this stuff. But then it would also protect you a little bit from yeah, needing to stand potentially, fight daily. potentially like one-on-one toxic interactions yeah. where you could just put it out in the world for people to enjoy as they find it and see fit and still mm-hmm. – I think it would be very helpful for you too. I think so. That – I don't know. I just I'm, – I'm always going to think the world needs more of Aetna Cobra. Oh, Chris. I'm always going to think That's that. That's so nice. Thank it's you. true. I mean it, it's – it's, you know, you, you – it – it, it 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 is such a, a a toxic time, but I don't believe that the world is by and large toxic. I don't I, I feel like social media, you know, like the news cycle, yeah. which represents you know a very small percentage of the actual real world. True, but we are looking at that as the full scope of the world, yeah. and so it becomes a self fulfilling engine of toxicity. Yeah, but if you know, like the more we can put the good stuff in there and see the good stuff and force ourselves to see the good stuff, yeah. the more we realize it's just not all dooming. Yes, yeah. there are shitty things in the world that need to be dealt with, but it's not all It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Yeah. And it's I think it's real it's really dangerous. And social media is just like that, you know, like that toxic relationship of mm-hmm. constant negativity that will eventually win. If you, you know, like even the strongest person. I know because I'm because I'm getting I'm getting I'm still strong, but I do feel like I it 
when I end a back and forth with someone, it lingers longer than it ever used to. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to, you know, go back and forth with someone and then be like, whatever, and move on. But now it lingers because I'm getting to the point where I don't understand why people are so mean or I don't understand why, you know, I just, there used to be a way through kindness and decency alone to pierce even the crustiest little Grinchy But heart. they're not happy. I mean, it's like, yeah. in, you know, and I... I, I'm not. I'm not giving an excuse to people who say the worst things imaginable mm-hmm. to you because I know the kinds of things that people say, and yeah. it's fucking horrific yeah. and um, almost unforgivable, to be honest. It's pretty bad. It's. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's beyond anything. Mm-hmm. And my, but what happy person would ever think to do that? What person <laughs> exactly. that felt exactly content and happy would do that and, to someone and, and yeah. was given positive reinforcement growing up and tools again 100%. not to make excuses for yeah. it but if at least for you any sort of comfort level in knowing like that person is fucking miserable right or they wouldn't be trying to spread misery in, that's in the, in the, yeah, in the you, world you give what you have right right so if you see someone spreading shit around that's what they have they have shit to spread and it's not i'm not saying it's okay but at least mm-hmm. for you yeah it should help depersonalize it a little bit yeah. and know like you know, when you say like, how could a, cause I do that constantly. Like, how could anyone say, say or that. do yeah, these things? I don't understand or why it. would you want to tear someone else down? I don't or why would it. you want to make someone else feel bad? Like, yeah. why would you want to raise yourself up at the expense of making someone else feel yeah. bad? And, and I just think the answer is like, people are, you know, unhappy and not yeah. adjusted. And, and it, and it's an instant gratification thing where they can just take a jab. It's, a, yeah. it's like a, you know, it's like my mom has a cat that bites her constantly. Oh no. And oh, this no. animal is just I mean she's you know my mom has all rescue animals, yeah. three rescue animals. And this one and my mom is just the most sweetest loving yep. maternal Patient. you know like it's not her fault she wasn't mm-hmm. given the tools Bless you her know heart. and so my mom like I, I see the scratches and the bites all over my mom's How long has she had her the cat? Uh, probably 4 or 5 years. Oh wow, she's and still doing it. She's yeah, a- she's still doing it and um and she loves that she just unconditionally loves mm-hmm. the cat. Um, but that's real hard to maintain yeah. on a broad on a broad level. But it's like, yeah, the cat didn't get the tools that it needed Made to it. to receive love, mm-hmm. and then in turn to be able to mm-hmm. give love in the way that we yeah. that, that we think of it. Right. So you know, I, but I just I just don't think I think if you like had a podcast or something, it, it would give you the opportunity to spread so much more of that joy. Thank you. That is such a you know I've, I have a friend. My friend Karen Hunter has said to me. For probably a year now, you should do a podcast. And again, we're going to go back to me being lazy. The idea <laughs> of like, and not wanting to let people down. So my fear is like, I could, I'd sign up to a podcast and then I have to go somewhere every day and be there at a certain time. And I have to, you know, so that part of it, but then I know like Craig Ferguson does it in his home. You do yours in your home. He, well, he has serious, but you know, there's a way to do it where it doesn't have to be drudgery. There's a but way to do it. you've been on a series before. I know. So, you know, like, know. you've worked on a ton of shows. That's true. You, you have to show up. You do. You have to do them. You're that's right. Just, that's just part of the gig. You're right. I do it. You're right. I need to, I need to read, I think. Don't I, take it on all at once. Right. I need to reframe my idea of what it would and could be because it doesn't have to be it could be a, a monthly podcast it could be a bi-weekly podcast and also be, you could find someone to produce it so that all you'd have to do is just show, show up. up that you wouldn't have to take on all the responsibility mm-hmm. and i just think that there's a way for you to do i think people would really appreciate Aww. some type of a spiritual podcast mm-hmm. from you because you know i don't know how many recognizable performers mm-hmm. Are necessarily comfortable talking about their spirituality or their yeah. faith or whatever, and so 
you know, there are definitely spiritual leaders, there are yeah. spiritual guides, and then there are performers. And yeah. some people do, but I, I just think you – I just feel like there's a void that oh. could be filled by you okay. if, that would be very helpful to people. Because I do think, especially if people are feeling like it's a particularly toxic time, that everyone's looking for some type of spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. And you, you – you know, one of your gifts is the ability to relate to people mm-hmm. and to be able to talk to them in plain terms the way that you talk to me now. And I, I, every time we have conversations, I leave enlightened Aww. and more joyful than when Thank we started the conversation. So I just you. feel like that's part of your gift is being able to communicate these ideas mm-hmm. in a way that people will relate to and understand without feeling like they're being preached at, preached talked at. down to, right. um, patronized. Yeah. You know, like it's. You know, it's all the things that you do. It's kind of what you've been training your whole life to do is sort yeah. of is be that, you know, like just sort of be that guide for people. And I think it would be not only rewarding for you knowing that you'd be helping people in yeah. that way, but also, you know, it's like I, I like to talk about positivity a lot and this type of thing mm-hmm. because it's also helpful for me to hear it. Is. It. it is. I have to constantly remind you don't yeah. just you don't think of it once and then you're done. Right. It's a fucking never ending but process. But you know what I think you are and I don't think I've ever said this to you. I think you're too hard on yourself. I know that. I think that you literally overthink things to the point that it has now been dissected down to the tiniest little (laughs) right and so you can't ever that's why your mind's always racing because there's more there's one more calculation and i gotta get it and i feel like if you just accepted the fullness of who you are and the fullness of the gifts that you have and the fullness of the position you've been put in to do what you do that's uniquely your gifts i think that you would just be able to go but I think you're always like this because it's like, I don't know if you think something's coming on your show. I don't, I don't, I have a mental picture of what I think it is. I don't know if it's, it just feels like you feel like something's right on your back. Well, right it's, it's, it's the performer mentality yeah. where it's like you, you know, having, especially having been in this business for 25 years yeah. or at least, yeah, 25 that you, um, you know, jobs come, jobs go. You don't yeah. know. And it's scary. And there's times where you're broke and times where you have money and then times where yeah. you're good. And so it's just that ride. But, you know, it is part of the gig. But I also think, you know, a lot of performers, you you do kind of and, – and people in general mm-hmm. have to get to that place where you're able to just say – where you're t- able to take a deep breath and say, I am enough. Yeah. And I don't have to fill yeah. me with a lot of external right. shit, no amount of followers, no amount of alcohol, no amount of fame, mm. no amount of money, no amount of friends, no amount of yeah. toys, no amount of you yeah. know anything is going to fill that void until I accept that I'm enough. And you can have all those things. Yeah. You can enjoy all those things mm-hmm. as long as they don't define you and as long as you don't rely on them yes. for your sole source of validation. If you – you know, it's like the, the, the lifelong goal is to – be able to just sit alone with yourself and say, Ooh. I'm enough. And the, the the second tier of that is to be so enough that you have overflow. Mm-hmm. Because again, it goes back to, we are not supposed to spend our entire lives just figuring out the alchemy of ourselves. <laughs> like if you <laughs> right. spend your whole life trying to figure out why I do what I do, and then you go to your deathbed, I finally figured out me. What have you done for anybody else? That's right. At a certain point, you got to settle the me stuff. <laughs> I got it. What I, who I am, who I'm not, what I, what I have, what I don't have and be okay with it and find your contentment and your peace in it. And then the next step is what do I have uniquely in me that can bless other people? And that's, I think certainly social media can be used that way, but I also think it conditions us to 
you know, there's a there's a there's an old the band Yes has an mm-hmm. old there's a line an old song where they say. Uh, don't surround yourself with yourself. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God, that's all we do now. That's we surround we ourselves with ourselves. And you only get that point of view. And mm-hmm. we're algorithmically being delivered things that only reflect what we already believe, yet thinking that it's the full scope of the world because right. it just magically appears in our yeah. feeds. And it's like, dude, lady, whatever. You're being fed that shit yeah. to keep you on that platform. That's, right. that's And your opinion isn't fact. Like, that's just... Yeah. What you're seeing that's confirming what you already believe is being delivered to, to you, you on purpose. Machine buttons. Yes, so that yeah. you will stay on that platform mm-hmm. to give the company that owns that platform more money. It's just like playing Candy Crush. <laughs> I know that was a hard turn, everybody. I know it was a hard I lo- turn. I love that turn. I literally was addicted to it when I was on Community because it came out right when we were doing Community. That's all I would do. Donald Glover's off writing Atlanta and, and becoming Childish Gambino and I'm eating donuts and playing Candy Crush. <laughs> so so I let it go because it was a problem. So I let it go. And then I rediscovered Candy Crush this this year or last few months. And I realized that Candy Crush is the algorithm is such that it can tell when you're going to spend money and when you're not. Right. And so if you start the game and you never go for money, if you never use money, like if it's, I'm going to play this round until I get out, they leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Once you prove that they can frustrate you enough for you to you know, use your credit card to get yeah. a hit. They got you. Yeah. So this is the equivalent of like feeding a stray animal. 100%. It's like, Oh, well now, well now all the animals now are I got it. Yeah. I got it. I know yeah. how to get her. And so it's the same thing with social media. It's like whatever the algorithm is, the bots use or whatever. It's like, they can tell right when you're on the edge and this will flip her over. And then we can get, you know, a re- whole bunch of retweets from her and she's going to be upset all day. Yeah. You know, it's just weird. And, and the more, the more I always try to figure out the purpose of things. And I really feel like besides catching up with you and being in a TARDIS, I think <laughs> today is the understanding that I do need to think about a podcast. And two, I need to get off of social media, like maybe not completely off, but I think I need a break. Yeah. I think I need to, even if it's like I go on it for an hour a day or I go on and, and check out everything and then get off for the rest of the day. I need to do that. I also need to turn off MSNBC, by the way. That's on 24 <laughs> hours a day. I watched MSNBC so much, I blew out of television. That's incredible. the TV never was off. It that... was on for like three months. Because I watch, I have insomnia, so I'm watching at one o'clock in the morning. I'm watching it, and it's the same show. It's Rachel Maddow like three times in the morning. So I like to think about, you know, people kind of go through their day and how mm-hmm. they define their day and what they focus on. And, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not good at this, which is why I'm saying it out loud, but... You know, when shit happens in a day and you get to the end of the day, you go, oh, fucking day. Oh, ah, yeah. this fucking sucked this day. Yeah. Oh, everything was against me. <laughs> right. You know, that's an emotional response. Right. And if you really were to sit down and write everything down on paper, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad, like, two minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, you it's like cover, color the entire someone, you know, like you got a parking ticket or whatever, right. like just something dumb. There's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, Fuck, oh, yeah. God, <laughs> right. you know, I got a parking ticket and then someone yelled at me at work right. and then this happened and, you know, like I, right. I ordered food and it wasn't it good was cold. and I didn't yeah. get to eat. You know, it's like, you know, what were the, whatever, the 16 hours you were awake, mm-hmm. were they all bad or did you have, was it really just like a bad 15 yeah. total minutes? Yeah. And being able to sort of, you know, see things in that perspective and mm-hmm. so... For you, like going on Twitter an hour a day, are you going to be able to leave it at the door or is it still – is it going to sit with you for the rest of the day? Let me ask you Are you this. going to have a bad moment or are you going to have a bad How day? How hard was your break? Did, it, did, did you have like withdrawals from social media when you took your break or was it 
<sighs> yeah, I mean, it's like anything where when you're in the habit of doing something, mm. there's a little bit of withdrawal. Yeah. But I, but the, but I have the same like anyone I know that habitually takes breaks from social, you know, from like hardcore social media, and yeah. I still post on Instagram every few yeah. days. You know, I'm just yeah. not on, on Twitter. Like, yeah. I'm just not on it religiously, and you know, and um, but. I, but people, they all kind of say the same thing. Like the first couple of days, you're kind of like, yeah, you're, t- you know, you're fidgety. You're grabbing yeah. at your phone in your pocket. You go yeah. to take out your phone. You go, yeah, I'm not supposed to. But then after a couple of days, you really don't. It's like sugar. Yep. If you've ever given up sugar, I have never. Okay, but if you, <laughs> if you do give up sugar, it's like a fucked up two weeks, and then you're great. And then, or, or like when you quit smoking, it's a fucked yeah. up period of time. And then once it's out of your system, again, humans are adaptable. You can adapt to anything. You can adapt to life without cigarettes, without alcohol, yeah. without social media, without, you know, right. whatever it is. And then after that, then you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of feel I, like yeah. I don't miss it. Like, I don't – I never thought I was going to be able to quit drinking chai lattes because my body demanded them several times a day. <laughs> well, I didn't – I had a problem with them too. I can't believe it. we have the same problem. Yeah. And then when I finally – when the doctor said these are terrible for you, you know, like when I realized like these are bad for my health, mm-hmm. I ma- but I had to make the decision. But it's kind of the same thing with water because I only drink water for the most part. Like there's sometimes I might, you know, if I'm out – like I went to lunch with my friend Lynn today and I had like that like a fruity like strawberry banana smoothie kind of thing. But usually it's water. When I was on drinking Coke and, and all the sodas and stuff – the idea of water was disgusting. Like, I don't care what temperature it was. It was the nastiest thing ever. Once you start drinking water, your body craves water. It's that's right. all I want. Yeah. And so that, that that's sort of having like – that's sort of having body faith where right. you know, well, whatever habits I engage in mm-hmm. will settle. Right. You know, but it's just the transition period. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the pain that we want to avoid. It's the dread of – what something feels like to go through, you know? Yeah, and I think why not? Like I said, going back to this, the spiritual people having a spiritual entities having an earthly experience, maybe we lean into the pain, like not wanting it, not encouraging it, not trying to wallow in it, but maybe it's like, this is, I'm going to survive this. Like it's, it really always comes down to, I'm going to survive this because the, the hardest times of my life where I'm like, this is it, fetal position on the floor or crying, why? I survived every single one. Heartbreak. Embracing the discomfort. Yeah, and just going, this really hurts. Like, this hurts really bad. If you can cultivate a, if you can cultivate a mindset that, not that you should seek out pain, Mm -hmm. but when you get it, that pain is a gift. Right. As fucking shitty Shitty as it is. Shitty as it is. Pain is a gift because of who you become on the other side of it. Or other people that you're be able to help because of it. And it also just, it just makes you more interesting, right. you know. It's like if if someone has never experienced any pain or anything, they're it's boring. like they're just kind of boring, yeah. you know. And there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. it's just like you, you, you know, it, it, it's okay. It's it's yeah. okay, and it just it's just that, you know. I mean, if you get if you get into a hot bath mm-hmm. for a minute, oh, fucking for sucks. A minute, it's horrible. But then what happens? Your body adjusts. It's great. And, and then you're great. in it, you know. It's yeah. just that initial, mm-hmm. it's just that initial minute or two. Mm-hmm. And so if you can, if you can withstand that, you might find that you're more resilient and uh, than you thought you were. And I also tell myself, this is my new thing that I tell myself and my friends. Like every day, there's something that you're not expecting that's pretty awesome. Like for me today, it's a strawberry Kit Kat from Japan. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is. That is the one thing today that I wasn't expecting. It's going to fulfill me. In you a didn't way even know that was a. Th- I didn't even know it existed. So I found out something. So for me, 
this is my reward for a day well done is mm-hmm. I get to have this delicious thing. I don't, I'm excited. I don't know what it's going to taste like. Mm-hmm. I love strawberry. I love Kit Kats. So I'm excited about this experience, but every day there's something like that. It might be uh, just something you see outside. It might be something that you, you find. It might be something, it, you know, the stoic daily stoic. What is it? Daily stoic. Daily stoic.com. I didn't know that existed until I came here. Now I'm really stoked about it. Yeah. Can't wait to sign up. So you, we have to, little things like that, little blessings, we tend to treat like, ah, just a Kit Kat. Yeah. No, make it the biggest thing <laughs> of the day. Make it your celebration. Yeah. Make that be your celebration. If it's, I get to go home in a little while and, and take off my shoes. And put my feet up if my feet hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's my reward for today. And it's something I can look forward to as I'm driving. Yep. Ooh, when I get in that house, I'm going to take these shoes off. There's always something that we can do that with. But I think because we are so conditioned to to believe that it's all is lost, mm-hmm. that we don't find those little things. And I tell my friends, like if, they're, if they have a great day, I tell them, it mentally find some bubble wrap in your mind and wrap that day in bubble wrap and put it safely on a shelf compartmentalize it away from the rest of the week. If it was a great afternoon, compartmentalize it away from the rest of the day. Bubble wrap that sucker, put it right on the shelf. And then if you do that, if you mentally do that with every great thing that happens, every great conversation, every great Kit Kat you have, when it gets shitty, and I promise you it is going to get shitty again, (laughs) you open up that little closet, you take down the, the bubble wrap Kit Kat memory, and you wrap yourself in it. You know, and that's you such a great way to think it. about it. You know, that is such an amazing way to think about yeah. it. And my, uh, my, the guy that I train with, Tom, has a way of, you know, he, he calls it, um, like when you show up to exercise, he calls it making fitness deposits. Yeah. And you're making those deposits uh, because it makes you more resilient. And yeah. at some point when you really need to lean on it, then, you you know, like your bank account is mm-hmm. overflowing. And it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. You're making those kind of like positivity, joy deposits, just those incremental right. deposits that you don't even realize. But over a month, six months, a year, two years, you know, like that can start to affect and define yeah. you in in a way because it's really easy to get lazy and just focus on dumb, yeah. stupid well, we, shit that we, doesn't we matter. We tend to wallow and rehearse hard times. We can retell a, a shitty time in our life, like <laughs> verbatim. Yeah. And then she said this and he did this. And we can, your, your face changes, your countenance changes, your shoulders slump because you are now living a memory that is horrible. But the good stuff breezes right by. It does breeze right by when you're so busy catastrophizing. And again, it it is, I believe, a survival mechanism Mm -hmm. because you're trying to, I guess, to a degree, control the the uh, the outcome it's like oh if this happens i need to be prepared but it's mm-hmm. like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen i believe in putting your fingers in your ears and la 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 on your way through catastrophe right you know what i mean like i would be on the titanic i would be one of the people like sitting listening to, if i don't have a boat now first i'm gonna try to get a boat yeah. but if i can't get on a boat i'm gonna be the one enjoying the beautiful violin playing and just because we going down yeah. So I'm not going to be crying and, and, and rending my clothes as we're going down. If we're going down and this is the one thing that takes me out, I'm going to dance on the way out. Well, and it, you know, and it's like, you know, not to get too dark or morose, mm-hmm. but my, um, you know, when my stepsister lost her oldest son and he died in a car accident, wow. he was 19 mm-hmm. and I was, you know, at the funeral and of course everyone is just destroyed. Mm-hmm. But afterwards I was talking to her and, and they're very, you know, they have a lot of faith, mm-hmm. you know, and 
to just be so awed by her strength and saying this is horrible and we're, but we're going to survive it and, you will. and just be like and and ju- and just go you know how many things do we catastrophize that are not losing someone yeah that we catastrophize dumb stuff, stuff to try to prepare and it's like nothing could have prepared her for that or right. the family for that and yet here they are this is the hand they were dealt and they're surviving it with such grace and i have mm-hmm. so much respect for them and it and it and it is that kind of thing where you know um you know who are you going to be in those moments mm-hmm. and if you do make those deposits you know whether it's the positivity deposits or yeah. Health you deposit. know whether it's meditation or faith mm-hmm. or whatever it is that is decisions that are positive for you yeah then in the moments though in those horrible moments like those are the those are the tools that you will have set up in your mm-hmm. toolkit to help guide you through those horrible, horrible times. And and they come for all of us. That's the thing. I think we think that life is going to be easy and it's not easy for anybody. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult in different ways yeah. for everybody, um, but it's not easy for anybody. And so if that is the, the truth about what this existence is, then you need to prepare yourself for some times when it's going to be shitty. Yeah. And because how many times, you know, how many people do we know that have seemingly every, material thing yep. they could ever want and they're still not happy. not happy and how many you know how many times have you you know been traveling or met someone who it's like oh well they don't you know this person maybe doesn't have much yeah. you know of any material thing and f- look how Joyous. fucking happy they Joyous. are look how joyful they are yeah. and and so it i do i do think we're too obsessed in our culture with you know and i say this as someone who has a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but i but how obsessed we think that that is going to be the thing that you know that is going to make us happy, and it and it doesn't. You, you know, it's know? been so freeing for me in this season of not having a, a set job. I have jobs. We all have yeah, jobs, yeah. but I don't have like a place I go every day. Uh, I get a lot of people going. So what are you doing next? And I go nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so and they're horrified because they're like, oh my god, I said something. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Right, no, and I. I'm so gleeful whenever I say it. Like every time I get to say I don't, I, I nothing, and I don't know. I'm always like, yay. Yeah. I kind of like not knowing. Let me tell you something. Uh, um, my friend Angela Williams is like one of my spiritual mentors. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's uh, raised three sons in the industry. She's an amazing momager. She's just all of that. She reminded me of uh, there's a there's a biblical year. There's a word for every year. Okay. Um, 2018, the word was bondage. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh. 2019, the word is faith. Really? So most of the people that I've talked to, 2018 sucked. Sucked in a thousand different ways. And a lot of people felt like they were tied up. Like they couldn't, they couldn't breathe. They couldn't move. Like they were handcuffed to all these circumstances. Most of them that they didn't do. They didn't cause. It's just like they could, they couldn't move. Right. Bondage is literally being tied down and strike and, and held down against your will. Right. So if we're going from tightness and, and bondage to faith, then that means everything that bound us up in 2018 is going to release. But you got to have faith to know that you've been loosed. <laughs> right? You There are some people that were in bondage in 2018 and they're in 2019 still thinking they're in bondage. And they're not in bondage, but they're in faith. And you can't see faith. Well, I think that's why kind of living in the same... You know, again, I don't, I don't want people to get tired of me talking about social media, but I just think that mm-hmm. 
you know, if that's the full scope of your world and your experiences, it's going to be difficult yeah. to break free of right. that bondage. And you're really just going to see more and more of it because mm-hmm. that's what's more and more engaging. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to seek out the other stuff, which again goes back to my previous hypothesis that that is why your voice needs to be in the world more because <laughs> it is kind of your mission to remind people of yeah. that. They need you. People need you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the reminder is just that we're okay. Like, I just think that so many people feel like they're not okay and they feel like life is not okay. And it's really okay. It's not great. It's not going to always be great, but it's okay. And you can survive in okay. And sometimes it'll be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's just going to be okay. <laughs> and that's all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have a job right now, America. I, I am, I'm hoping for some jobs to come in. I've got some irons in the fire. But right now, as I sit here talking to you, I don't have a job. And I'm not terrified by it. Like, I kind of like that I that's can come. That's incredibly powerful. I can come talk to you in the middle of the day. I'm, I'm getting, again, my strawberry Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. That was a nice surprise. All of these things are things that are happening right now because I don't have a job. So instead of wallowing in, why don't I lean in and go, it's kind of cool to not have anywhere to be. Right. Right. And well, you can do that for in your life. Whatever that thing is in your life that you think is really bondage is actually freedom. How many friends do, do we all have that... You know, are single. They're like, I just can't yeah. find a significant other. I just can't find a significant other. And they stress and they do all the dating apps and they go on dates and everyone sucks because yeah. dating sucks. And then they can't fucking, you know. And then at a certain point, they just go, you know what? Fuck it. I am just fine <laughs> right. being alone. And then the next day. Married in three months. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, exactly. That it's, it's, it's almost like, I don't know if it's some, <laughs> if it's a coincidence or some universal law of attraction or yeah. whatever it is, but. But something happens when we let go. And I think that's what it is about. Tightness versus versus being loose. And that's what I think it is about faith that's so fascinating Mm -hmm. to me. And so, you know, um, why I said that earlier, like, I'm so jealous. It's just being able to just sort of let go. What would happen if you just let go? I don't know. See? (laughs) That's faith. The I don't know is faith. (laughs) I've never really considered an option before. literally is. Wasn't sure it was a thing that was available. It totally is a thing. Oh, you could just do that. just let go? Just like this, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I know, I mean, like, I know I've read all the philosophies and they do Mm -hmm. have a lot, not all of them, but I've read a lot of them and they do have that sort of common, like, you know, move with life instead yeah. of against life. And, yeah. you know, the obstacle is the way. And you, you know, you don't, you, you know, controlling your reactions and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, at a certain point, you're like, well, if they all kind of say this yeah. and they have for a long time, thousands of years, yeah. maybe there's something maybe to it. Maybe there's something maybe to there's it. Maybe something to it. But it's one of my favorite uh, things said in the Bible it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, you know what a yoke is. It's like, yeah. it's easy, though. And my burden, even the heavy stuff with God is light. So it's not even really a burden, right? So I always remember that when I'm feeling tight, I know that I'm not in God because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if I'm feeling, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to do, I'm trying to create when He's the creator, right? This is the way I live my life. Like anything, any good thing. Because I tell people all the time, oh, Yvette, you, you helped me. I'm like, I didn't help you. God helped you because within my own flesh, I can do no good thing. This I know. So if I say something that you're like, oh my God, it made me think. Thank the Lord. Because that's not me. He, he can use us. He can be a conduit. And that's not just in speaking life into someone. He also shows up when you're reading a teleprompter. Or I know, show but, up but when... don't you feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit? Like, couldn't it be like... If you, this is what's deep. Could it be a joint? Like it can totally be a joint, but this is what's deep about it. Why do I need credit? Well, you see what I'm saying? Like if if it's enough, I'm actually more honored to be used. 
than to be the creator. I kind of love that he trusts me enough to let to come through me because he doesn't have hands and feet here. I'm his hands and feet. <laughs> How wonderful is it that I can walk up to someone and hug them and they can walk away feeling like God literally showed up in their life. There's so much power in that. That's more power than I'm going to go hug this person. I'm going to, who am I? Who am I? I am egoless, egoless when it comes to the things of God. I'm egoless when it comes to being of service. I don't get a warm fuzzy out of doing God's work. I don't walk around puffed up like, look at me, because it's not me. It's look at him. Well, that, you know, there is that sort of idea. I think people, when they first go to AA struggle, that Mm -hmm. some some people like... um, Secular folk yeah. uh, can struggle sometime with the you know release to a higher power yeah. kind of a thing, and and it is just I, I think ultimately where it lands is what I was talking about earlier is just realizing that you're releasing your responsibility. It's like you're not responsible for the universe. Yeah, <laughs> you're how not, about that? How and, freeing is that? And though? you're not the most important thing in Isn't the universe. Isn't that great? It is great, actually. It's so great to not have everything on your shoulders. Embracing insignificance. Yeah. Is, you know, and I, I have a friend who's a, a much older gentleman who's been sober for a long time, and he sort of talks about the problem that everyone's. I love this phrase, but he's like, everyone now suffers from terminal uniqueness, mm. where it's just like, look how special I am, look how special yeah. I am. It's like, okay, it's not that you're not, okay, yes, you're, you're a special you're a and a unique diamond. You're a dazzling diamond <laughs> and, and a unique, you know, right. cluster of cells and right. everything you are. That's like, true. But just the idea, like the terminal uniqueness in the sense of like, you know, I'm the most important thing. And it's like, well, you know, you're yeah, not, I'm not, not. Yeah, everyone's yeah. not. It just, we're all, you know, a part of this, a part of this thing and this experience. Yeah. And, and, and it, and it does, it does kind of release you of the responsibility of feeling like you have, you to, have to do it. And also yeah. like, there's been times I'll, I'll even use, um, there's been times I've done things in, on a grand scale. Like it's something like hall H right at Comic-Con. I can't adequately, with it. yeah, I'm sure you've heard of it. I can't adequately prepare for that. There's no way I, I can't notebook my way to that. I can't mentally get myself prepared for what that experience is going to be like. Right. So I've learned to just go, Oh, well, and I'm now starting to prepare less. And I'm not saying that I don't respect the gig and I don't do what I can, but when I get to that tightness, because for me, it's always tightness when I feel, I know that I'm not in faith. Well, that's why, like, you, I think the important thing, and whether it's a Hall H panel or whatever a show, yeah. someone's asking about, like, hosting shows, and I see, you know, whenever I host a show, I just listen for whatever the show wants. Right. And I just try In the to, moment. In the moment, and I try to honor that. I mean, like, obviously, there are things like structure and mm-hmm. information that you need to be prepared for, mm-hmm. but you can't... But if you're if you if you try to prepare and pre-control the experience too much, then you're not living in the experience. Hundred percent. Which is why you know I don't prepare when I do the podcast because it's like if I'm too focused on questions that I want to ask, yeah. I'm not in the moment. Right. And if I'm not in the moment, then it's not authentic and organic. And I'm, magic can't happen. And ma- yes, exactly. And so I'm actually surprisingly good when it comes to my job at doing that. Mm-hmm. Less so in my actual life. But yeah, Hall H is one of those things. Like, well, you prepare, you kind of yeah. know like what things you need to hit. But if you over-prepare, then it's not a shared experience 100%. anymore and you're not honoring 
the 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 atmosphere and the moment yeah. and everything and and that's where the real magic happens because those are where the shared it's not a shared experience if you're trying to control the experience 100%. then it's just you then it's just and you. that's not fun to watch right and so i don't think it's fun to watch and it, that also can be applied to your life of course think about it well so that's right how dare we, you make a good point we were talking about you got it's you got to loosen up take your hands yeah. off and let it breathe yeah you gotta let it breathe if you're going to have a podcast, what would it be called? What would it be called? I don't know. Honestly, because this is the thing about my laziness. It's also tied to my lack of ambition. <laughs> so I have not sat at home and gone, you know, if I had a podcast, I've never thought about it. Like I, I first of all, I wonder like who want to hear me talk? But, don't you know, think about that. That's uh, goal oriented. Yeah. That's I just, oh, I don't know. You need so, to be process oriented. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of would want to just have a space where I could talk about anything. So uh, because I'm a person of faith, faith is going to come out no matter. We could be talking about, you know, Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix and, and faith will come out somehow. So that part I think is already dialed in. It's it's in the it's in the cake already. But I think I'd want a, a space where I was free to talk about anything I want, depending on who came. It'd just be YNB. Oh, you know, why not? I mean, I just. Well, one of my things I say all the time is why not be dot, dot, dot. So yep. maybe it's why not be. Why not be? Holy come shit. On. That's my driver. That's come my on. Right? I see that on a t-shirt. It's on a t-shirt. I did it. It happened. Isn't that great? Why not be? Dot, dot, dot. Damn it. That's it. I trademarked it. It's I own it. Then it's your thing. It's my that's thing. it. You've done it. You, you, didn't, you didn't have to sit down and think of it. You already thought of it. Oh my gosh, Yvette. Please, I'm going to call you every day <laughs> until you do this. I but don't. it is with anything, with anything that you do, if you're, you know, like making these changes we were talking about, yeah. trying new things, you know, you, you will never fully commit to it until you decide. That's true. You have to decide. That's true. You know, like uh, it's, you're deciding, you know, I think, uh, what was it, like 1991, I think, uh, some, someone gave me these Tony Robbins tapes and I listened to like yeah. Unleash the Power, whatever. You were a and, baby. And I was a baby then, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm like two or three years old. We were like two. We were yeah. two then. And it was just like the... <laughs> he, Don't laugh he, so hard he, over he there. something about like... Deciding means it, you know, it, it, you know, the, the the Latin root comes from to cut off. You are yeah. cutting off other possibilities. Wow. So when you decide, you are cutting off other possibilities, and you are choosing a path. Wow! But you will not. But my experience and with recovery is that you won't do that until you're ready. Mm. And maybe you need enough motivation. Maybe you need to hit bottom. Maybe you don't want to hit bottom. Right. But you. But whatever it is. You know, it's like it's like why you can't force someone to go into AA. It's like why you can't mm-hmm. for. It's like they'll do it when they're ready, right? And unfortunately, you can't control that, and it'll just happen when they're ready. So right. people will make changes when they're ready. You will do why not be when you're ready. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's a way you could do it where someone could just produce show it. up. Yeah, just produce it. And you do however many episodes you want. It doesn't have to be you yeah. know every day or every week or whatever. And you just have people come over and you just talk about stuff. But I just think. That that your point of view and 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 it's it's just you. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be anything, but just you. Yeah. Like you're the thing that mm-hmm. is, that's special. It doesn't have to be a concept. Mm-hmm. You can talk about whatever, and it'll come out, and it'll find its way. And if you're you know, and if you let it, it'll become the thing that it's supposed it to, to be. be. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Something to think about. Yeah, I'm gonna think about it because that and the social media, the two things that I'm I'm taking away today. I mean, it's it's you know. It, it I just think so many people could be positively affected by it and 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 it, and it is you know it's I think it's it, it would help you accomplish that thing that you want to accomplish which yes. is to let people know that there's still joy in the world there is and that we and that everyone struggles and yeah and that we're all okay and that you're all okay we're really okay 
Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about or plug or promote? I have or nothing. Say I have nothing to promote. Nothing to plug. Gleefully. Gleefully, I have nothing. I I'm in such a place of of uh, just waiting to see what God's going to do, and I think it is the the happiest I've ever been because I have no idea. Isn't that funny? Like my I, I talk to my trainer about this sometimes because you know he's in his fifties and you know he said you know I I materially have less than I've ever had before and I'm happier, happier than I've than ever, been. ever been. I got a dog I love. Yep. I have a schedule that I love. I can mm-hmm. go to the beach when I feel like it. Yep. I'm ha- like and it is it is kind of it's unfortunate that a lot of times it takes us, you know, 40 or 50 years mm-hmm. to figure that out. Yeah. But um but it is like and again, that's the release. Like that's mm-hmm. releasing the need, releasing the need for things. Yeah, and the need to be that guy or that girl. Like it's funny going back to social media. There's <clears throat> there's something that people say. Like when someone's really in their tro- in in a troll uh, mood, one of the things they love to say, and I, I don't know if it's just to me or to everyone, but they'll say, you know, I don't even know who you are. Like, you're you're dealers. Like you're you're not even famous. Mm-hmm. And I always laugh because. One, they know me not at all if they think right. I really care about that because I don't. Yeah. But I it it all it makes me laugh and then I instantly feel sad that they think being known is the most important thing. Right. That being known is something that makes someone uh matter. And that means people that are doing great work in some small town in a library in Peoria, they don't matter because no one knows who they are. Well it's a hacky troll swipe yeah. because but although I will say that you know, a large percentage of people who are in the entertainment business, like, like they're playing the odds. Yeah. Like, a lot of people would be deeply affected by that. But I actually... Really? You think there's a lot of people that would be affected by not being considered famous? A, a thousand what? percent. What? I could give two craps about it. Well, that's good. Yeah. And you should stay that way. Yeah, I've never cared. never wanted it. But not <clears> being known... Because, like, ultimately, I think human beings need to feel significant. Like, that's right. part of our... Makeup, I think, is to feel is to we just need to feel or to feel like you've made a difference. But why does it have to be with millions of people? Why can't it be a difference in your community or a difference on your street? Like I'm a really great neighbor. I make a big <laughs> no my my na- and and I have really great neighbors and we make a difference in each other's lives by bringing in each other's trash cans on Wednesday and and you know if somebody's going out of town we'll check in on each other's dogs like that is a value like they know me I know but fame you is know? so commodified now and it's oh, commodified it's so across sad. all the platforms it's so and it's an addiction and and yeah it's but sad I, you know I remember having I mean because I always used to think of someone saying shitty things on like Reddit or whatever and think mm-hmm. oh they must think they're fucking amazing because right. they're coming at me like that mm-hmm. and and so. You know, one day, a long time ago, I engaged with one of them, and which I don't recommend doing all the time. But um, but in this case, I got a very interesting answer, which I didn't expect, which mm. is the person said, uh, well, why the fuck does my opinion mean anything to you? That's Isn't that crazy when you hear that? And it's like, my opinion shouldn't matter to you. And it's almost like... Because they don't respect themselves, they respect you less for giving for their giving, opinion weight. Right. Because they're like, fuck you, my opinion doesn't mean anything. Why does it mean anything to you? If my opinion means something to you, then you must be shitty. Yeah. And so what I thought was coming from this like this enormous ego place was actually from an incredibly and I'm not saying all trolls are like this, but mm-hmm. from an a, a, a place of incredibly low self esteem. And, and feeling insignificant. And feeling insignificant and feeling like, you know, 
that they just wanted to make a connection with someone but much in the same way that a, you know if you don't give a child love it'll knock shit on the floor right. because you have to pay attention to it then and that's yeah. how that's how they that's how they're conditioned to learn how to love or you know or my mom's cat or whatever yeah. it is that um that it's that it's this really deep sadness and this dark, you know, like this dark place of, of really, I mean, some people are just anarchists and yeah. that's just how it is. They just want to burn everything down. But, but I do think a lot of people that it comes from a place of like deep self-loathing yeah. and that they're sort of like lashing out. And yeah. so, you know, I'm not saying it's okay, but at least again, you can depersonalize it in some senses, feel sorry and go, well, I just, I'm sorry that this person did not learn how to receive and give, yeah, give I, they, love. I don't know who said this quote. And if anyone out there knows, please tweet me or DM me or something. Let me know. Some people want to leave a mark so bad. They don't care if it's a scar. <laughs> Is that not the deepest thing and, you know, we run into those people in the industry where it's, it's the goal is to be infamous, even yeah. more than to be famous. They just want someone to say their name and they'll do horrible things to be considered important. Right. You know, and, and I that is is something that saddens me more than anything. And again, it's that that race towards everyone needs to know my name. But what do they know it for? Yeah. What are you known for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the thing that's that the gets ego me. Stuff. Yes, the, that's the the sucky stuff. And I, and and you know, in social media and our and our business in particular, just coddles and breeds that. Oh, it's horrible. And and it and it is, you know, it 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 it's dangerous because mm-hmm. it's so alluring and it's so addictive and it gives us such an adrenaline rush and it mm-hmm. gives us such a swell of, you know, but that's temporary. Right. Just like a high is temporary. Like, and what yeah. happens? You chase the high and you chase the high and then you need more and more and more of it. And then pretty soon right. it, you're, it just rules your life and you can't live without it. And right. that's what's dangerous. And I don't think people think of <laughs> ego or fame or likes the same way that they think of a of a physical drug because but it doesn't it look the yeah. same, but 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 the psychological foundational components of it are the same, and the big social media companies know that kind of know that mm-hmm. you know, and so even though they're like no 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 we're just trying to give a good user experience like no no no, no you're trying you're to get not. people to do yeah. your things so you can sell ads yeah but um you know not, and not that they're not good people like like one yeah. one but that's just sort of their business and that's right? the business. But our emotions are being commodified, and I just think it's a. I just think it's something that people should just should just take a look at because it's dangerous, and and it can any addiction can envelop you before you realize what's happened. Right, and then you're just in it, and then you're in it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you take a break, I would love to see how you feel. Yeah, you know, even though you say you're lazy, just write a paragraph each day to see what your <laughs> moods are. Keep a journal yeah, just so you I can kind of track it. I should, yeah, because I think I think I will find more joy. And why not be coming to? Why not uh, be coming soon? soon. <laughs> coming soon. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I mean, again, I just I can't say enough good things about you. Oh, but you've you. always been an amazing friend oh, and an amazing human being, and the world Chris. is a much better place with you oh. in it. Oh, I just love you so much. So oh, I, I love you too. Honey. I thank you for uh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for you know continually uh, gracing the Talking Dead couch with your light and love oh. and and your good. Um, uh, your good insight into the yeah. show and uh, you know you're just I consider you family uh, back at you and, and this journey walking this journey with you from whenever we first met to now has been a joy for me move with life um, uh, uh, lo- Amor Fati love the fates and yeah. uh, and we're all okay and we're all okay we're all okay all right. The end. that was fun what a great conversation I love a good conversation do we have our guest book Yes, I'm gonna have this now. I don't even want to wait until after my big match. I'm getting one of those too. All right, here we go, guys. Okay. I'm going in. Yvette is about to have the I strawberry Kit Kat. 
<laughs> I see a I see a, a hand go up like a like a bracing a hold. Okay. <laughs> let, let me and I promise you I'm not putting twenty on ten. You guys, this is the most delicious thing. <laughs> You actually, t- I feel like I'm Willy Wonka. The snozzberries taste like snozzberries. You really taste the strawberry. You taste the strawberry. You yeah. literally, when you, I, I, I don't drink wine, but I know people put the wine in and they, they swirl it around and they, they taste something in it. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. I literally did that with the Kit Kat. <laughs> in my mouth, swished it around a little bit to get the aroma. It's got a real sharp strawberry flavor to it. It is so freaking, like this is so delicious. I don't want to finish it because once I finish it, it's gone. Yeah. You have to enjoy the burrito, in this case, the Kit Kat. You have oh to enjoy God. the process while it's happening. You guys get a, straw, a, a strawberry Kit Kat. You have to bubble wrap this moment in your mind, in your life. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to describe it's hard, to describe the joy on your face right now and to see. It's like you, I can see like your brow furrow from the, God, Why? Did, how could anything be this good? This is so good. I'm mad I <laughs> ate the green tea one. <laughs> Because the green tea one is not even close to this experience. This was so good. I'm not eating the other one until something really shitty happens in my life. <laughs> and I got to keep the other one. Well, I'll give you some more. For Don't the... play with me, Chris Harwick. This is the most. You can have the other one. I'll give you more to take with this you. This is so, you guys. <laughs> it's I'm... shocking. It's shocking how good this is. There are is. some things that are. Is there are any so... other ones that are this good? Um, There are. They're a little tougher to find, but there's. Uh, I'm going to blow your mind. There's blueberry. Oh! And blueberry is real good. There, there is a melon. Yeah, there is a melon one. There's a melon one too. The melon ones I'm not super crazy about, but the blueberry ones I think maybe are a little more seasonal. But the blueberry ones are great. You can taste the strawberry, but there's no strawberry. Like there's no like I thought I'd see little flecks of actual strawberries. No, and so it has like it's got the there's like there's a, a, a strawberry chocolatey experience, but you also get. The texture of the chocolate layered on top of the crispy cookie part of it is so satisfying. It chews well and it goes down beautifully. It is the most delicious thing <laughs> that I have ever had in my life. I'm so glad. Do listen, you understand? Listen, if I if I were if I were going to be a God person, I would say that God directed me to say, "Have you ever tried a strawberry believe, chicken?" Listen, God I used would, you. I wouldn't have thought to do that otherwise. God used you today. You were an open vessel and he stepped in. I'm almost more like this is probably one of the more religious experiences that I've ever had because because I feel like, well, what would have made me think that Yvette might like a strawberry? And it was exactly what I needed. And I'm telling you guys, it's so good. You know how you get something in your teeth and you don't want to get it out. Like I want to have it. I want to have more of it later. So I'm not even going to drink any water. I'm going to let it live and let it breathe. I know that's disgusting, but that's what I'm going to do. So we have to be open to experiences. You yes. got this reward, and you're going to bubble, wrap, bubble wrap this bubble, experience. It's, it's been bubble wrapped. Oh, thank you, Yvette. So good. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that was so good. I can't, I don't even. I'll give you a couple more. Do you have more? Yeah. Oh, I have to sign this. That was the ID10T podcast number 1012 with Yvette Nicole Brown. Um, I know this was a, uh, actually, we've been kind of doing some longer podcasts lately. But- this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. 
Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. With, uh, with Pete Holmes and now Yvette, but I just so, ingra- I so greatly enjoy talking with her. And, um, and I thought today's word salad wrap, uh, if, if you still got some room for a word salad dessert... Um, after the podcast is, uh, it's just about the idea of having good, positive friends in your life and in your circle, because, um, now I'm not saying that, you know, oh, you should get rid of all your friends and just go search for people who are sunny all the time. But, uh, you know, it's, you are, we are all a reflection of the communities that we are involved in. And so, you know, if, if the only kind of nourishment that we're getting from our specific community is negativity or complaining or wh- wh- whatever it is, just kind of grousing about things or just being down, hey, it's fine. It's fine to have those friends and they're great friends. And, you know, but it's also, I think it's also helpful to mix some, po- some positivity in there as well and seek out people with positive outlooks and seek out people who whose thought processes you enjoy and respect and are kind of aspirational and affect you in a positive way. And also, again, I said it at the top of the podcast, but, you know, having friends with who don't necessarily think everything the way that you do, it's one of the things that I love about Yvette and one of the reasons why I love discussing spirituality with her because we have different outlooks on things. And, and I love that. I love that exchange of ideas. I love the possibility of either learning something new or, or having my perspective expanded or being able to translate something into a, into a different way. And even if we don't necessarily think exactly the same about the details or exactly how, about how things work, we still adore and respect each other as entities and can share ideas and I mean, I just, you know, I left that podcast with Yvette on such a, an emotional and a spiritual high. I felt so good. She just, you know, Yvette's just one of those people that just makes me happy to be around. And I guess, you know, my advice would be, you know, to have people like that in your life. You know, not everyone, you know, has to be some sort of an emotional or spiritual guru to you or that you are the emotional and spiritual guru to everyone in your group because that will drain you. <laughs> but just sort of having that having that variety, having that mix of of people with ideas that are positive to you or again inspire you or people who again don't necessarily agree with everything you say 112%, but you exchange ideas and you grow and you, and you learn. And it just, it, it's such a, it's such a blessing, you guys. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that word. (laughs) It really is. But uh, I hope that, you know, again, as we can get pulled into negative news cycles, you know, especially if we're obsessed with reading the news and, you know, it's the news is the news is generally going to tell you all the horrible shit that's going on. And that's going to paint the landscape of your world and give you the sense that the entire world is a garbage fire. And yes, there are horrible things out there, but there are also good things, too. And as I've said many times before, you do kind of have to make that effort to paint those colors into your landscape. You know, you do have to seek out some positivity. I mean, it's just 
it's just it's just healthy for your soul to do that and will also um, give you a more full scope uh, of the world and also give you pockets of joy and, and, and be able to help comfort you when you're like, ah, <laughs> the whole world's going to shit. What are we going to do? You know, it's just those moments of like, oh, okay, there are good things out there. You know, there are good things out there too. And sometimes you have to seek those out. And sometimes those things are people. And sometimes those things are seeking out positive news or positive stories or positive Instagram accounts. Uh, you know, Lydia showed me this Instagram account called Round Boys, round.boys. It's just fluffy round animals, like, you know, fluffy dogs and like fluffy round seals. I don't know. It just, when I look at it, it just brings me, it just makes me happy. And those little nuggets, the more you can kind of grout your life with those, you know, that stuff is important. It really is. It really is. And I'm not saying it's going to cure everything or fix everything that's going on in your life. But wherever you can find moments of joy, steal moments of joy, smear moments of joy into your life, be they people, experiences, images, stories, things, you know, then I think it really does sort of help the overall picture. So uh, again, I hope this isn't too Pollyanna for you. Like, ah, shut up, Chris Hardwick. You don't know what you're talking about. But I do believe that it does help. And I hope uh, you enjoyed listening to the podcast today as much as I absolutely enjoyed taking part of it in it. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate Yvette. I appreciate you. And uh, I will see you in your ears next week. ID 10 T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fu, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Yeah. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.